Hello, quality people. Welcome to another quality episode of Faith and Beyond. Today, I have a special guest with me, Miracle Monique. Hello. <laughs> but before we get into today's video, make sure you like for the algorithm. And make sure that you can actually hear us. Put a one in the chat if you can hear us before we get into today's video. Yeah. But while we are waiting for that response, Josh, can you put up the schedule for next week? And we can talk about that a little bit. So on Monday, we have a profitable conversations with Josh. And I think there's going to be a special guest that day. So make sure you tune in for that. And then Tuesday, another profitable conversations. And then Wednesday, we have a quality pod with me and Josh coming back. So, and then we also have 622 subscribers currently. So yay. Thank you to everyone that is part of the quality fam. And remember, our goal is 1,000. So make sure that you guys share it with a friend and family member so we can so you can help us reach that goal okay okay cool we got a response that says yes they can hear us so let's get into today's video miracle how's it going i'm doing really well good. actually yes um, yes how I'm, are you good good i'm, I'm doing great because you're here in the building with us i'm nervous but i'm I don't excited know why. <laughs> Stuff like this always makes me nervous, so. Yeah, you've been here, what, three times now? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, I should be used to it by now, but. Yeah, you got it. It'll it'll come. <laughs> so, before we get into your testimony, can you tell us a little bit about you and who you are? Ooh. Ooh. <sighs> Such a loaded question. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm Miracle, first of all. Uh I guess there are a lot of things that encompass who I am. I'm very introspective, intuitive. Um, I have a love of writing and storytelling and basically exploring different realms of what we're currently living in, like our reality and culture and, and things of that nature. And especially when it comes to my faith and everything, um, that's led me to a lot of different paths in life, just being that I've always been pretty curious and um, just trying to understand the world that I live in. It's come down to just knowing um, where my walk with Christ has been. And so, yeah, um, that's pretty much who I am in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. For getting to specifics, uh, my career path has led me to, of course, more writing and mainly marketing mm -hmm. and um, really just connecting with people on that level. I really enjoy connecting with people. Um, I really enjoy just understanding what makes other people tick and why they do the things that they do. And so that kind of led me down that path of like not only telling stories, but telling other people's stories. And mm. so. Nice. Yeah. Have you always been like that or was there a time period where it just kind of clicked? I've pretty much always been this way. Um, I mean, there are times where it's maybe turned on and off, but those are times when I really wasn't being myself. Mm. Um, and I was in those places for quite a long time. But um, 
I've been this way since as far back as I can remember, like three, four years old, writing little stories on paper and stapling it together and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And so I've always been a people person. I've always been pretty, um, pretty out there in terms of who I am. And so, yeah, yeah. Cool. <laughs> I like how you touched on there were times where you weren't really yourself which we're going to get into. So stay tuned for that. But before we get there, can you share your testimony with us? Oh, I have to get used to doing this because this is really important. But, um, (laughs) uh, so I grew up in the church. Um, my walk with God was one where you know, you have a friend for a long time that maybe you don't call every day and you kind of hit them up sometimes. That was pretty much me for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so growing up in the church, I've always had that basic surface level understanding of who God is. You know, I know there's a God. I know he's my creator. I know Jesus died for our sins. I know um, John three sixteen, Philippians four thirteen. you know, the basic things that almost every Christian would know growing up. Um I know, I know, you know, God saves you and things like that, but um, didn't really grasp the understanding of that until I got much older and started experiencing more, more situations, experiencing more feelings and emotions that were very new to me. And so that kind of came over time and just, just me trying to understand like the world I live in and how I fit into that dynamic Um, It was very challenging for me as far as my walk with God because I didn't really know what that look or felt like. And I didn't really know how to cultivate that. Sure, I would go to church every Sunday and I would learn and, you know, I would do, you know, the thing that church kids do. I would be there. And um, but of course, as you, you know, get older and stuff, you, you start trying to understand how those things, how real those things are. And so that's what I was mainly trying to do growing up. And so I dabbled into a lot of different things, a lot of different, um, a lot of different philosophies of trying to understand and figure out who I was and where I am and, and what that looks like. And ultimately that led me right back to God, even though I strayed so far um, at some points, at, uh, at many points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, leading me down to really just trying to get back to the source and, and the foundation of, of what my life is. And it always came down to that. Even when I was, you know, in the midst of, you know, uh, feeling these different things that were that were just new, like whether it was maybe lust or getting into new age or, you know, lying for the first couple times and realizing how easy it is. And, um, or, you know, just different things or, or, you know, anger, um, and acting out in anger, things like that. And, and not really understanding why I'm feeling those ways or, or what they really mean. And so again, it really just brought me right back to God because as I got older, I realized I couldn't do any of this without understanding who he was and who mm-hmm. he made me to be. And that was mainly what I, it was coming down to. Um, 
a lot of a lot of people, you know, try to fill that void in as they're as they're growing up, especially as a teenager, you know. And so I realized that's what I was trying to do, but I was trying to do it with other things and not with God. And mm-hmm. I realized that was that was making me feel really empty inside. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that until it got to the point where it was like I was breaking down crying in the shower, you know? Mm-hmm. And so now I'm at a point now where it's kind of like I'm, you know, I have that peace that goes beyond all understanding. And so just understanding like what that really means now, it it brings so much light to my life. And all I want to do now is share that with other people who, who, who have been through those same things that I've been through. Mm-hmm. So. Nice. <laughs> so. You grew up in the church, and yeah. you said you you went to like Bible study, all the lessons, all that kind of stuff. So, I guess this is like a selfish personal question, <laughs> but so I teach Bible study to like younger kids, like middle school, high school. You do? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yes. Aww. So I guess my question would be, what's the best way to prepare them so they don't have to go through? you know, let me go find out for myself, mm. let me figure it out for myself kind of thing. Like, was there anything that you think could have gone better mm. growing up in the church besides just the lessons? Oh, that's a good question. So growing up in the church, I loved um, all of my youth leaders and youth pastors growing up. I just did. And I think it was because they reached our level and they tried to reach our level and they weren't dismissing us because we were young or dismissing our questions as like, oh, they're just, you know, ignorant because they're kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, they would take the time to actually be direct with us about what things meant. They would take the time to answer the questions that we had. Because, you know, as a kid, as a teenager, you have questions yeah. about the world, mm-hmm. you know, because new things are happening. and You don't understand what all of it means. And so you do yeah. need that guidance. And so... Just being there as a as a listening ear and also as that guide to to really push forward the truth um, and con- and just continuing to instill that. I heard repetition is like really good for for growing kids and growing teenagers, and I think that's okay. really incredibly true um, because a lot of things that I was taught during that time they continuously. Um, instilled in us um in in all the kids that were in bible study at the time that was my favorite part about going to church actually was going to bible study because mm-hmm. i got to be with uh the youth leaders and everything and so yeah honestly repetition um being direct not being afraid to answer any questions that they have those are the things that i remember that they all did for us and so i think that really helped with the foundation of my relationship with God that I have now. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, so now that we've gone over your testimony, I do want to ask you a little bit about A Conscious Outlet because for those that don't know, Miracle is the co-host of A Conscious Outlet. So can you go into what's that all about and the purpose behind it? Absolutely. Yes. So, yes, I am the co-host of the Conscious Outlet podcast. My other co-host isn't here right now. His name is Alan J. And basically, we're trying to explore the intersection of media, culture and faith and how it relates to the lives that we're living today. And we're going to be talking about different themes that kind of just touch on 
um, practical ways that we can go about living our lives um, as it relates to the culture we live in now. And so that we're able to kind of dive deeper into those things and and actually pull out practical solutions that we can walk away with and and do in our daily lives and even scriptures that follow with that so that we're able to um, consciously give you the the secret sauce, which is the word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about that. Um, we've been we've you know rebooted a couple times, but now it's kind of like being with quality entertainment. Now we're officially back, and we're so excited. And I'm excited for for the changes that we're doing, and really just refining our approach and refining our messaging. And yeah, it's it's great. So. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. We're excited too. Like I think it's going to be a perfect match just because we have similar goals. We're yes in terms of having practical religion and being very intentional yep. with our relationship with God. So yeah. that's why I knew this was perfect. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm excited about that. But on that note, we'll take a break, get into some comments, and get into some juicy questions. Let's talk about the relationship between the player and the team. So the player and their coach, their player and their teammates as well. So how much of it is the player needs to adapt to the team and how much of it is the player needs to be a good fit for the team? I would say a better fit will work better because I, I teach this too in my class, like Tuckman's model, no matter, like team dynamics and team cohesion are so important. It doesn't matter if it's like your colleagues or sports, etc. Like you can have whenever one new person comes onto a team or they're coming into a workplace, the dynamics shift. So you could have someone with like a stronger personality come in and they're taking over and everybody's thrown off the team dynamics shift. Um, and that's why I say it would be important for that person to like be on a team where it makes sense for them and it fits for them yeah, as good. opposed to like shifting the team dynamics for that person because that's when you have like the conflicts and relationships and I would say like another thing that we talked about is like it's 80% relationships like 20% encouragement when it comes to team dynamics because like relationships outweigh performance every time like you can't perform well if you don't have positive nurturing relationships especially if you're doing um and highly interactive sport. If you're doing more of an indiv- individual sport, it won't matter as much. But if you have like a basketball team, etc., those teams need to have really strong cohesion. Yeah, and chemistry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Uh, Kenny and I watch a YouTuber who always says like your network is your net worth. So yes. the people that you associate with and the people that you connect with will be the reflection of you know your net or your net worth basically how well you can do economically and the more people that you connect with the more you can rise economically all right we're going to talk about new age yeah we have a lot of history with that don't we oh yeah (laughs) but before we get into that make sure you like for the algorithm like for the algorithm if you haven't already Okay, so 
as I was thinking about these questions, a thought came to me. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get into my thought, let's read some comments. Okay, T-Max said she could hear us. Alan J says you Aww. all have really good cohesion. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in, too. Aunt Cindy says I'm looking forward to the new show. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really good. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> I think this is oh, your mom. Mom. Yeah. Thank you, mom. Yep. Hey Miracle, you look so beautiful. <laughs> and then it's your dad. Thank you, dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Aunt Cindy says hello everyone. Hello, Aunt Cindy. And my mom says, awesome, look at God, subscribers. <laughs> All right. Okay, back to my thought. So I, as I was coming up with these questions, the thought that came to me was, new age isn't really new. It's very much something from the past mm. that is being implemented today, but it is the same thing like the same exact thing um like the whole evil eye thing i don't know if you've seen like the little blue thing yeah i'm very aware okay <laughs> okay like that thing like i saw we'll, we'll get into it a little later but i saw like a statue of it from like way back in the day so nothing new is under the sun nothing but it's more people, like modern age if yeah, you want to call it that new, yeah yeah it's paganism yes yes absolutely but People still, like us, we still found ourselves stumbling in it, even though it still existed a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's because it's just not talked about or people don't really know as much about it as we think they should. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Yeah. But we're going to use this time now to, d to dive in. Let's dive. And prevent someone else from stumbling in it. Yes. Like we did. Yes. So, what does the term new age mean to you? Mm. Well, I can I can say what it means to the world right now. Uh, basically, new spiritual practices where you can kind of just pick and choose kind of what you want to fall into, whether that's witchcraft, tarot cards, oracle cards, channeling, um, things of that nature. It, it involves things like that where you're kind of trying to get in touch with the spiritual realm mm -hmm. of the world um, on your own terms. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of it, on your own terms. Mm -hmm. um, new Age people seek to control the supernatural, which is in opposition of what Christians try to do, which is allow the supernatural to control them. Mm -hmm. Which allow is the big part there. But again, uh, with, with uh, spiritualists or um, new age philosophers and things of that nature, they they seek to control and reshape their reality on their own terms. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's the big difference there. Mm -hmm. um, what what were some things that you dabbled in Ooh. when you went down that road? Yeah, so I didn't I I didn't do too much, but I did enough. To where I believed in it, and mm -hmm. I did 
enough to where it still seemed kind of innocent on the surface. Um, Oracle cards, I had my own Oracle cards, even had an altar at Mm -hmm. some point, a small little altar. Um, And I thought it was fine because I had things on that altar that were more personal instead of, I guess, what people would consider consider, uh, idols. Mm -hmm. But it was still idols at the end of the day. But um, Oracle cards, altar, I allowed people to, you know... uh, what is it like read my tarot cards that that I did that um even learned about witchcraft a little bit because I thought maybe it was misunderstood until I went to scripture oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. so yeah hello can you hear me going in and out okay hold on okay yes hold on y'all <laughs> okay 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 yeah yeah I was like that too where yeah. I was kind of like well I mean, yep. I don't see why you couldn't be yep. a Christian, be a Christian witch. Like, yep. I don't, I don't see you. That was me. I mean, God made these objects, so yes. it's okay. Oh, crystals too. I yeah. forgot to mention that I had crystals yeah. and would, you know, soak them in the moon, soak them in the sun and try to put energy in them yeah. and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so wild. But I thought the same thing. That was my thoughts. Like, well. I mean, I I don't really see a problem. I mean, because it seems like these witches, whatever, are just trying to do things in a in a more, I guess. I even I don't I don't like to use the I don't want to use the word healthy way, but do things in more of a natural way. Mm-hmm. Do things in more of a way where you can focus more on manifestation and making your life better. That's what it seemed like to me. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, that's when I made the connection at the time. I was like, well, this might not be too bad. Maybe mm-hmm. you know, maybe this is a way I can connect back with God where I do these things and. I feel his presence again because for a while I was in a state where I couldn't feel him in my life anymore. And of course that was not true. He was, he was always there, but because I couldn't physically feel him and I was so empty from honestly, all the sin I was partaking in at the time, Mm -hmm. I was so empty. I was like, I need a way to feel him again. Maybe this is the way. And so I, I dove into those things and not realizing kind of what that would turn into. Yeah, the consequences. Yeah. Going into consequences. Yeah. What consequences did you reap from doing those things? Mm. So overall, the consequences, um, overall, I wasn't myself. Overall, I wasn't myself. Overall, um I was acting out in ways that seemed like were out of my control. I was angry more. I was more emotional. Um, There were a lot of things that were happening to me that I didn't understand. I would go to bed with really vivid nightmares and, and really be scared to go to bed at night in the dark. I would, I would be seeing things and hearing things and feeling things and, and I even tried to convince myself that it was a good thing um, because I was opening myself up spiritually and I just need to let go of the fear and let God in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I wasn't letting God in. I was letting all these other things in. Demons I was opening, in. Yes, I was opening up my spirit 
for for all these other things to come in, for all these other demons to have a playground inside me. And that's essentially what was happening. And so I, I, I felt more empty than I ever had at any point in my life at that point. Even even to the point where like my parents didn't even recognize who I was, and they would tell me that, and like even wow. my friends would tell me that too. Like I don't, I wow, yeah. And so it was it was a lot of that going on, and I didn't know how to fix it. I I just didn't know how to fix it. I was at a standstill at a at a crossroads point when I realized I still was not fixed. These things did not fix me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get better. I was trying to get closer to God again and it wasn't helping. It was straying me further and further away and I, and it was to the point where I didn't even recognize if the Holy Spirit was talking to me or not because it was it was just also confusing and convoluted with just just a whole lot of noise. Just a lot of noise all the time. I could not silence my brain. Mm-hmm. It was it was very scary. It was very scary. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I can totally yeah. relate. Definitely relate to that. Um, this is my next question: Is why do you think young women? There's such a huge surge of young women mm. turning to that. I think it's the same reason why you know women kind of get sucked into these things a lot. It's humans by nature are spiritual but i think women are more intuitive by nature than men and so i think we try to seek out the spiritual first and last um and so i think we we get pulled into these things more because it feels like a way we can actually connect with our bodies as women we really crave like connecting with our own bodies and connecting with our our own personhood and really trying to understand ourselves as women because for so long the 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 trope of women was we're oppressed the trope of women was you know uh everything we do is is basically wrong and that was kind of like the mindset a lot of women had about what the experience of being a woman is that they didn't understand what that they still don't or they they aren't understanding like what a woman's essence actually is and that can be found in the word of yeah. course but if if you're not told that or if you're not seeking that out you'll you'll go to other places to seek it out like i mean i i still know you know all these all these celebrity women trying to go to you know India and stuff to try to find that spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. A lot of women get pulled into trying to, you know, go out into the world and find that that spiritual plane for them when really it's it's God and it's what he already instilled in us. It's it's him in us that's already there and we just have to tap into it by going to his word yep. and praying and and it seems that simple but I guess it's not because this country is no longer um, standing on the Christian principles that it was founded on. And so because of that, we're moving towards a place where maybe a, a lot of women aren't hearing the gospel as much anymore, or maybe they are hearing it, but but they're like, oh, there's other options. And I actually, and women, women, I think, want a sense of control over their lives uh, women, I think, don't understand how they can have that. And so to get that control, they seek new age because 
that essentially teaches you how to control your reality. Whereas they see maybe Christianity and they're like, I don't want to be controlled by some man, what they call sky daddy yeah. in the sky. So disrespectful. But <laughs> what they call sky daddy in the sky, controlling me and telling me what to do. I don't want that. I want to control my destiny. Mm. I want that because men have always told me what to do, whatever. And that's subconsciously, you know, probably in a lot of women, especially today, because we just seek to let go of all control. But they don't they don't realize that behind New Age is Satan pulling all the strings. And with Christianity, God isn't making you do anything. But because of your commitment to him and because of your belief in him, he's changing your heart. And so you want to do more things of him. And so that's why I think essentially women are pulled into this more because um, we're more spiritually intuitive um, than men probably. And also just the fact that we try to really exercise control over our space and we're not sure how to do that and because Christianity like I said isn't the um isn't the foundational principles we stand on in the country anymore now they're trying to shift over to other options other options and so yeah hmm. that's a good take I like it <laughs> so when did you first become exposed to even the concept mm. of new age. I don't really know. You know, okay, probably, probably, you know the, the, the term predictive programming? I don't. So predictive programming is basically um, putting certain visuals or messages in oh, TV programming, okay. mm-hmm. and then over time you get used to that thing. Oh, I think yeah. maybe that's what was happening. Because I don't remember a time where I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm exposed to it. Like that's, this is what this is. I kind of always knew about it. I kind of always accepted it as part of like the culture. Um, And I guess it's because like maybe it was a thing that you include in TV shows and it was like a trope. It was like, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know, like you would always have like a a ghost episode and like a Nickelodeon show or like a a Cartoon Network show. You'd always have that. So I was like, okay, ghosts, part of the culture. People believe in ghosts. Okay. Um, Or you would have like, you know, sidekicks or or mediums in TV shows, and yeah. it would be like a funny show. You know, that's a Raven, for example, yeah. right? Um, and so it was always part of the culture. So I think from that point, maybe it was like predictive programming for me, where I just accepted it as a thing that was normal. And so over time, it was kind of like it was kind of like I just accepted it as something that maybe I could be doing, maybe I could dabble in it. If it's so normal, why? Why would it maybe be considered bad? These people have good lives. And I'm sure most of these people are Christians. So, like, why why would I not be able to do this? So Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. you see a lot of shows, movies that have, you know, Luigi boards. They yes. Have, they have, exactly. like, crystals somewhere, sprinkled in somewhere. Yep. Even, like, during Halloween, they had, like, yes. Halloween Town. Yeah. What's that? What's that? Magic. Hocus Witches. Pocus. Yes. Hocus Pocus. So yes. you just see it. You're growing up watching it. You're like, oh, fun. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool. it's fun. It's cool. It's new age. It's something I want to get into. Oh, witches are real? Oh, witches can do things like this? Oh, maybe I can do I that. I can cast a spell, too. Yeah. I, maybe I can do that. It, it feels, like, powerful. It feels like you're empowered. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the appeal of it. Yeah, I think it always goes back to power. It always does. It. People don't want to admit it, but people love power. Mm-hmm. That's just, I think that's who we are as, as people. But, yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of women 
do turn to it because of what you said, like power, maybe had a bad breakup and they're like, oh, yes. well, I'm going to take my power back through this. Take through my this power stuff. back. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But what's, uh, what's, what's the, or, or reclaim my time. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 I definitely. Yeah. Wow. That's great. <laughs> It's always said in different ways, but it essentially yeah. always goes back to power. Yeah, always. definitely. So for someone who has a family member that is involved in New Age practices, occult practices, sorcery, all that kind of stuff, what advice would you give to the family member dealing with it? And what advice would you give them to, I guess deal with their family member. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one because it's so emotionally charged. Like you want to see that person saved. Ultimately, you don't want to see them go down that path, especially when you know it comes with it. Um, I would say, of course, prayer, prayer changes things. So always, yeah. always be praying for that person, especially if you love them. If you love them, you'll be praying for them, period. Um, prayer works. So prayer first and foremost, um, there are different ways you can approach it. I would say, depending on the family member, um, ultimately the, the direct approach of just telling them the truth and saying, you know, this is going to ultimately lead to this. I want to see you saved and Jesus can save you. Not in a, not in a weird standing on the street with a picket sign kind of <laughs> yeah. way, but in a way where you're going to them in love and mm -hmm. you're saying like, I care about you. And I, I, I'm afraid about what I'm seeing from you right now. And I just want to let you know that there is another way and you're not, you're not stuck here and, and you don't, and you don't have to succumb to these things because of the way you feel or, or because of something you experienced or whatever. And so, um, I think that's a big part of it is going to them in love because I think as Christians, we are rightfully angry about a lot of things that are going on today, but I think, um, we need to have a better under understanding and a better approach when it comes to how we handle it and remembering that love conquers all and, and remembering that and, and going to them in that we, they will see that it, it will change hearts eventually. I do believe that. And honestly, even if it never does, um, I don't even want to say that, but even if it never does, mm -hmm. um, just understanding that, you were not going to be able to control that person's actions anyway. And that at that point, you just leave it up to the Holy Spirit to, to hopefully speak to them and, 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 and help them have a change of heart for things. And so just taking your time, um, of course, depending on the family member and their sensitivity level and, yeah. and everything, that will determine the approach. But um, never, never stop preaching the gospel to them, I will say, um, in different, in different ways. It can be in different small ways, whether that's just you acknowledging God in your day-to-day -day life and them seeing that, uh, allow yourself to be a light to them. Be the example, be the example that Jesus was. Mm -hmm. No, you're not going to be perfect, obviously, because Jesus was perfect, but, um, just allowing yourself to be that example that, that they can see and wonder like, man, you're, you, even when you go through things, you're still you're still smiling and praising God. Why? And then that's when you can come in and be like, "Well, it's Jesus, <laughs> it's Jesus." And so and so, just keeping that in mind, 
and keeping that passion where it's completely understandable why you're upset about, you know, the things that they're going through. But honestly, remembering that, you know, maybe there's a time someone had to speak to you too, or um, just understanding that we're all human. We all fall short mm-hmm. and we, we all sin in different ways. Some are just more expressive than others. Mm-hmm. And so just understanding and remembering that, I think that'll that'll really help that along with eventually getting that person to understand what they're doing and eventually getting that person to to come to Christ. Yeah. Prayer and compassion will take us a long way for sure. It really will. It um, really will. So my last question for this section, what would how would you respond to someone that does think that they are God-esque in a sense and think they and think they can enhance their lives by themselves. Mm. I guess I would ask them, I guess I would ask them how, how do they think themselves that way? Is it because that they believe they control their reality or the things that, that are around them? Because that's usually why people have that mindset um, when they believe that they are themselves God they believe that they can control every aspect of of their reality. And so I guess I would ask them first how they believe that. And then I would go into, well, what do you believe happens when you leave this earth? Do you think you control your spirit and it just goes wherever you want it to go? Do you believe that you're just going to be stuck in the ground? Like you, you kind of have to challenge that n- notion because in today's time, um, we're exposed to so much information. We're exposed to all the information in the world. We can access it at the drop of a dime. But because of that, because of we're us living in a microwave society, um, we don't always dive as deep as we need to into certain topics. And so therefore people pull out the talking points that sound the best mm. and they use them, especially in podcasts. I yeah. see it all the time. Yeah. They say the thing and then someone challenges the thing and they're like, uh, I didn't come up with anything after that. <laughs> so, because they didn't, they 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 might believe that, but they don't understand everything that entails or all mm-hmm. the thinking that goes around the thing that they're trying to, to communicate. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so, with that, you have to just. I would just challenge that thinking, because oftentimes, like I said, they'll they'll pull out those talking points and expect no one to question them. And so, yeah. That's that's pretty much how I would handle that, um, because at the end of the day, like I said, you can't control how a person thinks, especially of themselves. You can't control how a person thinks of God. You can only be a witness, an example, a light, and mm-hmm. and give them the truth and and help them see if their alignment is in alignment with the word, which is the truth. And and the truth will always will always prevail. It always. just will because it makes sense. And so as you start taking their line of thinking and applying it to the word and they see it doesn't match, they'll be convicted. They'll, they'll be convicted. But that means we have to know the word. Yes. That's what that means. And so, you know, dive into it and study all you can. The word is amazing. It's, it's like, honestly, it's like the, it's the greatest book ever. I remember I used yeah. to think that it wasn't um, really that, Im- not that important, but I didn't, I, I wasn't interested in reading it. Um, because I thought maybe it was just boring, and I know all the stories. Yeah. But as you dive into it and you really study it, you start to really understand 
the way God thinks of us and humanity and and how we fell short of the thing that he was offering us and how it'll all end. Mm-hmm. And it's the whole journey is amazing to see it all. And yeah. so really dive into your word and understand that. And um and just understand like I said, you can't control how people think. Yeah. The Bible has so many details in it. Yes. Like just so many like little details that you could just miss reading it through yeah. one time. And it might take the 10th time for you to be like, whoa. I, I literally <laughs> have done that recently. Like there have been certain things <laughs> that I've, I think I was reading John, John chapter one. I don't know. Jesus said something funny and I started <laughs> laughing and I was like, I did not know he said it this way. Or maybe, you know, maybe he didn't say it this way, but he, he said this. And I was just like, that is funny. I think he said, was he talking to the people in the, no, it was right before he flipped the tables. Yeah. It was, I think he was talking to, I think he was talking to Mary. I think he was talking to Mary and he said, what does this have to do with me, woman? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was At the like, wedding. Yes, yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. She was like, there's no more wine. He's yeah, like, okay. Yeah. There's no more wine. He's so, like, okay. okay what? Why are you telling me? I was, I was cracking up and I forgot yeah. about that. And I was just like, I was reading it like it was a funny, like a funny book. And I'm like, I was really enjoying it. So I just really enjoy reading my word now. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> okay. That was, that was funny. Yeah, it was. It okay. Was. So... Moving on to the next set of questions I have for you. We're going to move on to authenticity. Oh. Being our true selves. And I feel like you're a perfect example of this. Oh. And I think you are an expert. So I'm going to ask you the questions. (laughs) Okay. Let's go. Okay. So what does it mean to be authentic? Mm. What does it mean to be authentic? And... What does that look like? Mm. Being authentic really just means honoring yourself in a way that you're... It it means honoring your true self. And I hate saying that now (laughs) because people people take that and and they're like, my true self is this. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not what I meant. That's a bit delusional. Yes. Honoring your true self means that if you're upset about something, deal with that. It means... If you if you are convicted about something, deal with that. It means being real in every moment possible after. Mm-hmm. Being authentic just means honestly being real, being real with other people and being real with yourself. I had I actually had a problem with that for a while. I wasn't being as authentic as I thought I was because I was hiding parts of myself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why people didn't know me the way I expected them to, even my friends. And I would complain like oh my gosh no one understands me but Mm -hmm. it was it was myself because I was keeping them from those parts of me that I wanted them to see I was hiding it Mm -hmm. and I was like well that's on me if I don't show it how can they know it like good (laughs) and so at that point it was kind of like okay I'm not being authentic I'm not being myself I'm not expressing the wants and needs and desires of miracle and so I have to be honest about those things and 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 that and that really just means communicating that, whether that's with words, your body language, um, the way you look, um, and and that's pretty much what it looks like too. Because when you're authentic, you have this weight lifted off of you because you're not trying to quickly conjure up a story in your head 
and change things about yourself to fit whatever narrative is happening at the time. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, I don't know. Um, Let me give an example, I guess. It's kind of like, you're not, you're, you are owning your feelings, but and you're not taking responsibility for anybody else's. And it's, it kind of looks like just you being present where you are and allowing people to be present where they are too. Mm-hmm. And so that that could mean that maybe one day you don't, you're not feeling your best, looking your best, so you're just there. That's okay. You're still being authentic. You're mm-hmm. still there. And by com- even by communicating that with people, they'll understand how to approach you that day. They just they just will instead of you hiding it or or being upset with everyone because they are supposed to just read your mind and know that you're feeling upset today. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're just trying to hide everything and not let them see the, what what the actual problem is by saying, like, look, guys, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm sorry. I'm trying not to come off as snappy. They'll be like, oh, no, it's okay. We understand. If you want to, you know, go in the corner or whatever and hang <laughs> out, go ahead. Like, thank you, guys. I appreciate you. <laughs> and so it, it kind of just looks like that. And you feel like, like I said, you feel like a weight lifted off of you because it's kind of like, like I said, you don't have to you don't have to put on a mask and be like, okay, I got to come in here and pretend everything's okay and then get mad at everyone in here because they, they think I'm okay. Mm. Like, that doesn't, that really doesn't make sense when you think about it. And yeah. so... That's pretty much what it looks like. It just means honoring your true self and what that looks like at every moment. And and people try so hard to to find their authenticity today by by looking externally at all these things and being like, I need to go out there and find myself. I need to go out there and find the career path that works best for me. I need to go out there and find the the perfect husband or perfect wife that'll fit me or whatever. And that's that's really not how it works because you are who you are in that moment, like I said. And so by trying to reach out externally, you're not looking internally at what you're missing, mm-hmm. which is probably God, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's usually what it is. Mm-hmm. That's usually what it is because you're looking externally to fill that that gap. What it, Saint Saint Augustine in year like 400 AD said, there is a God shaped hole in every person. Oh, that's real. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. so true because, again, people are out there looking for their authenticity. They're looking for themselves. And in, when you go into the word, you find that because mm-hmm. you find that you are a literal reflection of your creator. And knowing that and understanding that and coming to terms with that is like, wow, you get overwhelmed at the thought because you're like, man, you thought enough of me to make me like you. That's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. To, wow, wow. To re- like, I'm even getting emotional about it now because I'm just like, that's insane to me. Yeah. That's insane. Even just that thought alone. And so, like I said, people are out there trying to find their authenticity. And it really just means going back to the word and going to that foundation and then living in in your present moment, in your body, every moment that you can and being honest with yourself and the people around you. And that's that's pretty much it. And it's easier said than done, especially yeah. if you've been the type of person to hide parts of yourself for a long time like I was. But now that it's out, it's it's a it's a practice. It's a practice and it's it just takes practice. It just takes getting up every day and choosing to consciously say, Okay, I'm feeling upset. I should probably tell 
my person that I'm upset and it has nothing to do with them. So they don't think that it has anything to do with them. I'm just upset today because of whatever. And maybe I'll just try to figure out why I'm upset, yeah. you know? And so, and that's okay. That's it. That's really it. And again, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had something you touched on was once we go back to the Bible, go back to filling our God hole, that's when we turn more into our authentic self, Mm -hmm. which I completely agree with because as we come into the alignment of God and God's will, that just naturally makes us who we were designed to be anyway. So I mean, that's a whole nother topic, but it makes me think of the whole femininity thing. Yeah. Where yeah. It's like women are out here acting masculine, mm-hmm. but then if they were to just turn to God, surrender and, and surrender, think, surrender. Yes. <laughs> I think a lot of problems would be solved. Honestly, not going to lie. Yeah, I do too. I really do. And I think that's, why we're seeing the issues we see today. People don't know who they are. They don't know where they come from. And they're looking for that, but they're looking in all the wrong places. And it's like, I feel so comfortable now because I'm no longer trying to find my purpose. I'm no longer trying to find the perfect job, the perfect husband, the perfect whatever, um, or, or, or use those external things to fulfill me. I just ask God, God, Place in my heart the things that you desire of me and help me desire the things that yeah. you desire of me. And that's it. There's so that's much it. peace in that, too. It really is because you can just sit in it and understand and know that you're good and you're kept and you don't have to f- go out there and find anything. Whatever whatever the Holy Spirit places in your heart that aligns biblically, that's it. Yep. That's all you have to do. Mm-hmm. And. I guess that's why he says obedience is better than sacrifice because people have a hard time being obedient now. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you said, you also said that there was a time where you realized you weren't very authentic. Yeah. How did that change? How did that, oh, how did that change? Mm, it was like another low point. I actually think it was like right after the whole new age thing. It was right after that because in between when I was, okay, I got to college. There was a point where I was just straight away from God completely, to be honest. And then I got into the new age stuff. And in between that, I was kind of trying to find myself again because actually, honestly, if I'm being, if I'm being honest, I, I have always kind of hidden certain parts of myself because there was a lot of shame attached to it. Mm-hmm. And so like a lot of a lot of sins I would hide that I didn't think people if people found this out they wouldn't like me. So I have to hide it. Mm-hmm. And so with that it came a lot of shame of course and I would I would act out through that shame because I didn't think God would forgive me. I didn't forgive myself and so I was acting out through that shame where because you know they say you know whatever whatever you're feeling whatever you believe your reality is it's going to come out regardless it just it just is mm-hmm. it might not come out outright direct but it's going to come out subconsciously maybe through your actions or maybe through a belief a new belief that you have or something so that was pretty much what was happening i was hiding parts of myself because of the shame and so it was like a cycle of me doing that the more i would send 
again and I would hide it again and I would feel the shame again and I would dive deeper and deeper and deeper into my recluse little hole and I would just be like, oh my God, like if I say one word, I am exposed mm-hmm. and no one is going to like me anymore. And ooh, yeah, so um, that that pretty much changed due to the fact that I actually had a, two of my best friends come to me and basically say that I wasn't being a good friend Ooh. in so many words. They didn't say that, yeah. but they were they were pretty much implying that I wasn't being myself around them anymore. And I kind of knew that, but I didn't know that. I didn't know that they could sense that and it affected them. And even my parents, my, my, my parents, actually it all happened around the same time. Like my friends came to me, my parents came to me. They all came to me around the same time at different points during that same season. And we're basically like, you're not being yourself. I don't know what's going on, but you're not being yourself. And I was like, man, everyone is saying the same thing. I got to look into this. Yeah. Like what's going And I knew I wasn't being myself, but I didn't, understand I guess what that looked like because for so long I was hiding parts of myself due to shame Mm -hmm. and so that pretty much changed from that point because I dropped all the new age stuff all at once I dropped even a boyfriend I had at the time and I decided to just be by myself and be with God and understand who I am again and so I got back into his word I got back to the foundation and I was just like this is the thing I've been missing. How did I miss this? It's literally been in front of you. Yeah, it's been in, it's been in front of me the entire time, and I've been missing it. And so, as I dove deeper and deeper into that, and got back into that, I started to accept myself. And 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 it wasn't just that I had a repentant heart. I would confess my sin, bring it to Him, and let it go. That's the part where I always had trouble was letting it go. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I, I've always been so judgmental of myself, which actually caused me to be really judgmental of other people. Mm. And so with that, I was able to actually just let it go and learn what that looks like. And again, it's a practice. It's not easy. I'm still doing that today with certain things. But at the same time, it's like it's so much easier now. Like when the thought comes across, I rebuke it and I'm like, I'm letting it go. That's it. Because God doesn't want me to just walk around feeling sorry all the time. He wants me to be brand new. Mm -hmm. That's it. He wants me to have a repentant heart, bring it to him, um, have him understand that he forgives me. And that's and that's that's it. it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's really that simple. But, you know, us as humans, we make things so complicated. And that's what I was doing. I was making everything so complicated. And so when I got to that point, I was able to actually practice letting it go. And that's when I could feel my spirit like. like filling up again because it was filling up with him like it it was it was a it was a great transition it was a it was a huge transition but I'm so grateful for it Mm -hmm. so grateful yeah I'm grateful for it too yeah because you wouldn't be (laughs) exactly exactly I wouldn't be doing this yeah I'll be way too embarrassed oh (laughs) not embarrassment (laughs) that's ooh. Okay. Next question. <laughs> it's an agree or disagree question. Okay. People are less authentic and real on social media than they are offline. People are less authentic on social media? Mm-hmm. Agree. Agree? Yeah. Why do you agree? 
it goes back to what I was saying about like showing certain parts of yourselves. People only show the best parts of themselves. Oh yeah, online. I mean, that's just how it works. You know, you're not going to show yourself having a bad day where you lost all your money, your house, and now you're out on the street. You're not going to show that. Um, you're going to show the best parts of yourself. You're going to show the money, the, the boyfriend, trips. the trips. You're going to show all of that. And so, but you're not going to show how much debt you're in. You're not going to show that you didn't eat the other day. You're not going to show that the boyfriend actually abuses you. You're not going to show that. And so I definitely agree because again, when you hide parts of yourself, you're not, you're just simply not being authentic. You're just not, you're, you're just not, not to say you got to tell everyone your business. It's not really saying that it's more so being real about what your situation is Mm -hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it seems like there's a level of vulnerability. Yes, that's so important in all, being authentic. Yes, and going back to the social media thing, if most people are on social media and most people aren't showing who they really are, and then that carries on into your real life. Yep, because it does. That's a big problem. Mm-hmm. That's a big issue. It's oh. huge. And that's why people have social anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> because they're showing parts of themselves on, on online, but then they get around actual people. And then they're like, oh my gosh, I can't edit this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. edit this. I can't tailor it. You're right here in front of me. I'm nervous now because I'm trying to, I'm thinking too much about myself to, to where everything. I'm trying to filter everything. Like I'm trying to filter everything. So you don't see those parts. I don't want you to see. When they're really probably not even thinking about you like that. Yeah, but. they're probably not. <laughs> like probably I, not. I saw something the other day where it said, yeah, I need to go to a new gym, have a private gym because I don't want people looking at me while I'm at the gym. And I was like, people do not look at you like that. People you're do the not. Gym. They're just like in their own zone. They doing really, their own thing. yes. Unless you're just doing something really just out out there yeah no one's really looking at you like that's so crazy social media teaches us to focus on other people and we Mm. like like you said we carry that into real life because now we think all these people are looking at me i think that's that main character syndrome and that is what causes social anxiety because you're constantly thinking about yourself and your place in the room when if you actually took that attention off of yourself and just placed it in the moment mm-hmm. instead, maybe even place it on the person. Maybe even think, you know what, when I go to this party, I'm not going to think about how nervous I am. I'm going to think about how I can make the person at the bar feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you know? because that goes back to selflessness too. Yeah. Because like, if there's a, an issue between you and somebody else, if you think about what that person needs rather than what you need, yes, that would... That would solve some things too. It takes all the pressure off. And yeah. I and I think that's why like I'm so I'm so grateful for what Jesus did on the cross because like instead of us having to carry those sins, he carries it for us. He takes that burden off of us and he carries it for us. Mm-hmm. And now again, the attention is off of us and on someone else. Now I can focus on giving you the praise. Mm-hmm. Now I can focus on serving you better. Now I can focus on spreading your gospel instead of worrying about me, 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 and how I fit in the world. People have a lot of narcissistic tendencies these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people have those tendencies, and I think it stems a lot from the social anxiety or they coincide, they coincide with each other. It's mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some psychology behind that. I'm going to yeah. look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Staying on the social media topic, mm-hmm. why do you think there's 
such a huge carbon copy thing going on where it's like mm. so on social media social media influencers for example yeah this influencer looks just like this influencer this yeah. influencer looks just like this influencer getting the same nose jobs same bbls the same plastic surgeries the same fillers all that kind of stuff why do you think everyone's just a carbon copy of each other mm, i think it really comes down to social acceptance um, those things are popular. They get the most views, the most likes. The more liked you are, the more validation you get, the better you feel about yourself. And so you're okay with that. You're okay with looking like the next person because that's what you ultimately want is that validation. If that girl over there looks like that and is getting attention from a guy, like maybe I should look like her too because I want that attention from that guy. And it transfers over to social media because we absolutely get a dopamine hit every time someone likes a picture. I even have to check that for myself. And so mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it at the core of it all, it stems down to, to validation. And so people crave that. People crave that. And that's why you see so many people today who are like, affirm me, affirm me. I need, And I want mm-hmm. other people to affirm me. I If you don't do this, I don't feel affirmed. Mm-hmm. What is what does your self esteem have to do with me? <laughs> nothing. It has nothing to do with me. That's yeah. why it's called self esteem. I think Cat Williams said that. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I can see him saying. That he too. said that. He said that in one of his stand ups. It's called <laughs> self esteem. It's esteem of yourself. That's it. Yeah. Because seriously, it's like. And again, you get that self esteem by going to the word, and understanding who you are. And and realizing who he created you to be. And after that, that's where you can get your, your esteem from. That's where you can get your self-esteem from. Mm-hmm. And then continuing continuing to focus on yourself and, and, and accomplishing things. And when you do that, you're not focused on what everyone else is doing and how it compares to you or even how they validate you. Because it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Last question. We kind of already answered it, but... If you have anything to add, how does one become a more authentic version of themselves? Mm. Yeah, I did kind of answer it, mm. but let me let me just say it again. <laughs> yeah, say it again for the people in the back. Go to the word. It will tell you. It it just will. Um I'll even give a scripture, First Peter 2 and 9, you know, we're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And it, it literally it literally tells you you are meant to stand out from the crowd. You are you are created in his in his image. Um, go to Genesis with that. You know, it there's a lot of things that that the word will tell you to validate those things that you are craving so bad and you don't have to get that from other people who are going to ultimately disappoint you because they're not doing the things that you want them to do. Let go of all that control and allow yourself to submerge in the word and get to know yourself again mm-hmm. and live authentically. So, And on that, note, on that note, we'll go to a break, get into some comments, and then get into some fun reaction videos. Ooh. We have a big announcement. As you guys know, we're now Quality Entertainment. And with that name change, it's coming some big changes 
to the channel. So, like I said before, we're gonna have all new shows, but some shows aren't even gonna include me, they're not even gonna include Kenya. What we did was we went out and we recruited two of our closest friends, Miracle and Alan. And they're gonna have a great show that's gonna provide you with excellent value called Conscious Outlet. Let's meet them now. Hey guys, welcome to the Conscious Outlet Podcast. We are officially a part of the Quality Entertainment Network and we are so happy to be here. I'm Miracle Monique. And I'm Alan J. And we're here to discuss the intersection of culture, faith, media, so we can inspire some practical solutions to some huge societal challenges that we're facing today. So let's work together to get this done. And we're back. Thank you guys again for sticking with us, watching us. Hope you guys are getting some gems that Miracle is dropping. <laughs> if you haven't already, make sure you like for the algorithm. Like for the algorithm. Like. And, <laughs> and let's get into some the first reaction video. Oh wait, wait, wait. Let's read the comments first. Luxurious Elements Company says scripture will bring you right back where you need to be. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alan J says, lack of a godly man head. Fathers Ugh. aren't in the house. Ooh, that is, that's a whole nother topic right that's there. That's a whole nother topic, but yeah. yes. You guys should do that topic. You really, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Bent over gospel. Yes, we had a, we had a, um, a word like that given by our, our bishop last Sunday. It was amazing. It was, it was called Bent over oh, gospel. Give us a little, little something. Let me think. <laughs> um, basically, we need to have the gospel in our heads and in our hearts enough to where we're able to communicate with everybody. And, yeah. And yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. When I went to visit my parents in Florida, we went to this church there that I found. It was really good. And he basically said the same thing. He was like, you need... To not only just read it and in order to practice it, yep. you need to know it. Yes. And then to know it, you gotta memorize it. Yep. And let it seep in. Yep. So yeah. Yes. Yes. Aunt Cindy says, a very good topic and love the transparency. Young Christians need to have these questions answered before they venture out to college or their adult lives. I agree. Me too. Hands down. Yes. Hands down. All right. Let's get into reaction video number one. Okay. I'm back in my got bigger. Pretty face in a real nice figure. Okay, so can you pause it? Okay, honestly, it says, honestly, I'm done trying to improve my life. My hair was healthier when I only used drugstore products. My skin is clearer now that I just use soap. My mental health got better once I stopped reading self-help books. And I feel happier without a three-hour morning routine. Y'all are lying. I completely agree, and I, I love this. <laughs> I completely agree. that That is why my life got better, yeah. okay? I was trying to do all these things to improve my life. The self-help books, the 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 morning routines and night routines and afternoon routines and, the, <laughs> and trying to fit the gym in every day and making sure that, yes, no, it was too much. Yeah. I get up every day and say, what do I need today? That's it. 
that's it completely resonate with the drugstore products and and just use soap and and all of that i get what works for me and that's it yeah that's it I simplified everything. I love that I don't have as many products as I used to anymore. I had such an abundance to where I didn't know what I had anymore. You're a product even, junkie. I was. Even even my clothes. I've cut that down so much. Like, Because when you have too much, you no longer know what you have. And you just keep buying on top of that. Yeah. And so now I'm at a point where I know everything that I have. And I love simplifying. It's my favorite activity i love to cut down i love to cut down <laughs> me too <laughs> really me too now yeah yes yeah like before i buy something like i really i've been really into buying like workout clothes lately so before i buy something i need to make sure i have to get rid of something that is me yeah. yes that is me i literally always do that if i buy clothes or if i buy anything else i'm like okay do i either have this thing or am i about to throw something away like yes yeah yes yeah Okay. All right, reaction video number two. You've probably seen this symbol before, but do you know what it means? So what you're looking at is an evil eye, and this image has been around for thousands of years. It Can started it? around the ancient world and... Okay, so I picked this one because I'm seeing it everywhere. Everywhere. I see it everywhere, especially like... 18 to 23 ish yep. age with a lot of girls yes. i'm seeing it everywhere it's so popular and we need to talk about it because it's not it's not it's not good for you no if you're watching this it's and not. you have this it's not it's not it please learn some discernment yeah oh i pray everyone learns some discernment because oh, oh my goodness like it's so insane how we adopt these things and we're like oh they're innocent it's nothing it's popular it's it's cute it's whatever i'm but protecting these, myself that's it yeah, that too. Yes. I'm like, from what? Do you even know what you're protecting yourself from? Like, all right, is that another talking point that you pull from the internet? Mm. Like, do you? Do you? Or do you actually know what this means? Do you actually know what what it does? Mm -hmm. Did you look into that at all? Or do you just saw it and you thought it was pretty and you thought it was spiritual enough to where people would think you're spiritual? Mm -hmm. Like, is that it? So, or they saw it just because, like, their favorite celebrity has it and they're like, yeah. oh, well, I like where her headspace is at, so mm -hmm. I'm going to do the same thing. Yep. But you don't know what's happening behind the scenes yep. in her home, Yep. even though she has it. Oh, my God. Yes. And I hear so many celebrities now where they're, like, coming out um, saying, like, yeah, you know, I used to get, like, all these screaming nightmares all the time. And I used to, you know, um, I, I sacrificed a goat or whatever and 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 they're doing the, yes and they're doing these things and these are your favorite celebrities and and people are modeling themselves after them like mm -hmm. they they really are and so I'm like these celebrities are coming out saying that the actions they do have led to these things that are currently happening to them and yet you still want to be like them that's backwards mm -hmm. that is cognitive dissonance it makes no sense yeah so let's continue yeah gain popularity and spread and it's really popular in the middle east and it's very popular in the mediterranean and everyone from celebrities to influencers and regular day people like us have been wearing these all the time but i think a lot of people are wearing them and they don't know what they mean so this charm is used as a talisman a talisman is a magical object uh, that protects you comes from paganism, um, it's used in the occult, mysticism, and much more. And this also falls under the branch of sorcery. Sorcery is the belief that an inanimate object holds spiritual and supernatural power. 
And so people who wear the evil eye, they believe that somebody is looking upon them with an evil or an envious gaze. They think that people looking at them with evil intentions can cause harm, it can cause illness, sickness, death, and bad luck. And so they wear this charm as a talisman, as a magical object that puts the curse back out there, back on those people who looked at them with those evil intentions. And some people think that it doesn't send a curse back, but it just deflects it. And I am Middle Eastern. I grew up around this. So before people start coming at me and saying I'm disrespecting cultures, this is my culture. But this thing has never protected me from anything, but God has. The first eye deities and protectors, this is actually a picture. This is a god uh, that was carved out of alabaster. And it is an eye god from ancient Syria. And a lot of people believe that the evil eye came from this as well as the Eye of Horus from ancient Egyptian paganism. And some people think that it's okay and that God wants us to use evil eyes as protection, but actually the scriptures say the exact opposite. It's actually kind of scary what the scripture and the word of God says about using talismans like the evil eye. So people think the evil eye is saving them from a curse, but actually it's the opposite. This is what the scripture says. Do not bring any of these idols into your home or the same curse will be on you that is on them. You must hate and despise idols because they are under the Lord's curse. So if we bring idols and if we wear idols, um, then we will actually be put under a curse by God. Whoa, that's so scary. And in Ezekiel 13 20, it says, This is what the sovereign Lord says I am against your magic charms with which you ensnare people. But here is the good news the Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. God is our real protector and he says, Do not fear, I will strengthen you, I'm with you. I will put to shame those who rage against you. Yeah. I didn't know where that was going at first, but. I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> what did, did you think? I I really just expected her to explain, you know, what the what the world defines the evil eye as. That's what I thought too. I did. when I first watched it. Yeah, I was like, she was, Christian, right? I was like, oh, and okay. then she threw in the good news. She did. I was like, yes. she did. I was like, that's that's great. That's great and so true. Like it's so crazy. The scriptures touch on this specifically, so that obviously has to mean that Satan specifically knows God does not like these things. Exactly. So he's trying to put this in the hands of people. Exactly. He's trying to tempt you to use these things and to believe that they're innocent and protecting you. Nope. Only the only the Holy Spirit can protect you. That's it. That's what frustrates me when people who are involved in spirituality, stuff like that, yeah. they're like, well, the Bible didn't say anything about it. There are multiple verses multiple that is how you know they books. have not read it yeah That's, or even attempt to look it up yeah. you can google this yeah so like the bible is googleable okay <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah so that brings us to the third one okay i think the third one made me the angriest oh no okay <laughs> let's go the bible let's never go. said you can't use crystals the bible never said you can't use i said crystals. i saw this oh, 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 oh. Yeah, i did, did. i saw this let's play it. i saw it <laughs> 
Bible never said you can't use crystals. Witches should not know the Bible better than Christians do. If you are going to spread the word of God, at least be educated in the word of God. Because when crystals are mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about how God is going to build parts of heaven in New Jerusalem out of crystals. The wall was made out of jasper like glass, the city of pure gold. The foundations of the walls are made out of different layers of stone, topaz, emerald, sardonyx. The same thing y'all demonizing here on earth, you trying to run off to heaven to live in. I'm confused. What he demonized was the occultic. If you're using crystals with the knowledge of the occultic and the practices of the occultic, then you are outside of the word and the will of your God. But over here in the occultic, we also use your Bible and that is your blueprint. But I never see y'all demonizing that. For all occasions, I give Christians crystals and a little card that has Revelations 21, 11 and 18 through 20 on it because God don't make no mistakes and you're not going to argue with the heavenly father, are you? First of all, we do demonize y'all using the Bible um, as a part of your occult practices. Yeah, that is very openly we we despise that. That's very. I don't know what she. I, yeah, I don't know what that came from, but we openly despise that. First of all, just to get that out there. Second, I hate when people take the Bible out of context. Um, them talking about using crystals versus God having crystal-like structures in heaven it's completely different not the same at completely all completely different you serious it's go it just goes back to idols because mm -hmm. essentially you're using the crystals as an idol to, to gain power to gain power gain to success, source some type something. of energy mm -hmm. yeah when your your source of energy your source of power should only come from the one who has it which is god and yeah yeah context matters please context. don't read just one part of the bible and think you know the whole thing that's mm -hmm. not that's not how it works that's why you study it that's mm -hmm. why you, you you learn it you learn it okay yeah and then just i don't know it's just so frustrating because she has 3.4 million yeah on tiktok yeah talking about this stuff yep and leading so all likes. these people leading all these people down that path yeah i actually had a friend she sent me a video from that girl and she's like i want to know your thoughts on this i was just completely mind blown i was wow. like there's just so many people in the comments like yeah tell them sis and i'm like that's why i don't no. read comments anymore <laughs> it's all just a bunch of echo chamber <laughs> that's it yeah that's it yeah but yeah that's it for our reaction videos <sighs> any final thoughts on that again go to the word if you want to feel empowered, if you want to feel like you have a place in this world, if you want to understand who you are, go to the word. That's it. All right. That note, we will take a break and then hop in with Joshua Prophet with the producer's corner. This track meet in Birmingham. Get ready for the Nationals and hope to put on a, put in a good performance. Um, just making sure she pushes out of both legs, out of the blocks, and not just relying on one leg. Wow. 
we're back. This time with Josh Prophet. What's going on, everybody? What's up? <laughs> How's it going? How's it going? It's good. Make sure you guys like for the algorithm. If you haven't already. Josh, what do you got? I got a lot. I have a whole card full. This Ooh. Is a wedding invitation. Let me show you. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I just wrote all the. Oh, it, oh, it's wow. a save the date. It's not the actual invitation. <laughs> I, I, I saved the actual invitation. But um, I, I got some stuff that we can, we can dabble in. So one of the first things that struck me during you know, the interview was Miracle. You said, never stop preaching the gospel. I thought that was super interesting and intriguing. And I would like you to expound upon that a little more, like why we shouldn't stop preaching the gospel and... Yeah, so why, why shouldn't we? Like, the, what's the benefit for not only ourselves, but to the world? Wow. Yeah. Um, honestly, the biggest benefit is saving souls. Honestly, the biggest benefit is is always going to be saving souls and bringing more people to Christ. Because that is ultimately what we're put here to do. We're put here to ultimately bring more people to God and and have them see see his light and live the and attempt at every corner to live the life that that Jesus had. And so when I think about, you know, never to never stop preaching the gospel literally kind of just means to never stop allowing God to not only move in your life but allow never stop allowing God to show who he is in your life. Continue to be that light and continue to be that example and and even with that 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 can be considered preaching. I'm not saying again stand on a street corner and, and preach the gospel, although that might that might work for some people. It might. But um, for the most part, it just means continue to be that light, continue to to walk in grace with Jesus and and understanding who he is and studying the word so that you can know how you approach different souls when you come across them. Because again, the ultimate goal is to bring more people to Christ and to save more souls so that we can ultimately all live in paradise. Amen. Amen to that. That was good. That was good. And so, I mean, just following up with that, I know your mom had the comment bent over gospel, and that was a sermon that you recently heard. And so one of the things that came to mind that I kind of took note of was that you are kind of what you submit to. And so if if you're bent over, right, then you're submit and you're submitting to the world, then there is no resurrection, because you're voluntarily just bending over and bending the knee to kiss the ring to whatever analogy you want to throw in there. But as Christians, our submission to God is that we decrease so that he can increase, right? And so it's like we voluntarily take on our cross and we die. So we die to our flesh. And because we die, now there's able to have like, there's this resurrection process to where like we go through like this baptism, we're made into a new creature, whatever, no Bible thing that you want to throw in there. But like there's this process of we die so that we can resurrect. Whereas in the world, there's this process of you you die and you're like just controlled, right? Like mm. yourself, your authentic self dies. So we kill ourselves, like not, well, we, we die to our flesh. Let me put it that way. <laughs> so that we can actually live authentically and true to what God calls us to be. Whereas they voluntarily, you know, die 
in their flesh and not to their flesh. And mm. now they're being controlled by the world. And then you get that, I forgot what you called it, like copycat syndrome or mentality or whatever. Carbon copy. Carbon copy, yeah. yeah. Now you get the carbon copies everywhere because they're, they've bent over to kiss the ring. Mm. But I just kind of wanted you to touch on, because you, you talked about self-esteem a little bit, and talk about how that is directly tied to what you submit to. Mm. Mm, that is good. Well, again, ultimately, we're, we are spiritual in nature. Um, and ultimately, we're seeking for something to ultimately fulfill us. And and with that being said, it when, when we're not confident in who we are, in what we're created to do or what we're created to be, we, we succumb to a lot of the ways of the world because it's there, it's a coping mechanism, um, and we need something to help us feel better. And, and, but when you do understand who you, who you are, you, you want more of the thing that helped you to realize that. So it's kind of like when you, when you go to the word and you find out what God has called you to do on this earth, there is no more question about it. You can have full confidence in who you are and what you were created to do because God already told you. He made it plain and simple. And now from there, it just lies in the details of what the Holy Spirit tells you and guides you to do every day. And from that point, when you have that peace and that understanding, you just want more of that and you crave that. And so you go into the word even more and you submit even further. And so, again, on the opposition side... When you don't have that confidence, you're still looking because we're always going to be looking. We're always going to be looking for that fulfillment. But again, when you don't fulfill with the word, you're going to fulfill with the world, ultimately. I, I definitely agree with that. That was good. And going kind of back to something you said earlier as well, when you talked about how you kind of felt shame to express, well, who you were because in that expression, you felt like you would be exposed, right? But in reality, you were actually taking, you were becoming powerful in that expression because you were taking ownership and accountability to say, hey, this is what I was, this is what I've come from, but also this is who I am now and this is where I'm going, right? And so there's actual power in that. And the other day, I think, what, did we stream yesterday? Or was it the day before? Maybe it was the day before. Day before. Yeah. So Wednesday, we had a show where we, we got into Jackie Hill Perry and Preston Perry talking about prayer. And we had an interesting point where it was talking about uh, some people, you know, they pray just to check boxes. And some of a lot of the prayer structures and kind of how they teach you to pray is attached to worldliness, right? And how, and what we extracted from that was a lot of people are worried about like their reputation rather than their relationship with God. And when it comes to, you know, just doing 
different things in the church, but especially when it comes to prayer, because it's like, oh, she can pray the paint off the walls or what have you, or oh, she can really pray because she she goes in and she uses big words or, you know, she speaks with so much passion. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you pray. It's about the connection and the relationship with God. And so talk about how you went from shame to power and how, you know, the relate the reputation of how you how others or how you viewed others were going to view you changed when you or how well how you dropped that how that that process of you know okay don't have to worry about them because now I am actually having a relationship with God so mm. talk mm. about that a little bit yeah yeah so man the shame aspect obviously came from the enemy trying to plant seeds that I would. I was worthless. I would never be forgiven. Um, nobody would like me, whatever, this and that and the other. And um, I had to eventually realize that I didn't have to live in my shame because I was already forgiven. And so at that point, it kind of just came down to me understanding where I was at with that. Um, hmm. Repeat the question again. Okay, so yeah, so how do, so shame is akin to reputation, right? And yeah. so essentially you you felt shame but you were worried about everybody else. You yeah. were essentially worried about your reputation, how that would be damaged. But how did that change when you actually started reestablishing your relationship with God? to oh. and becoming and in that becoming powerful. Yep. I let it all go. I was able to just let it all go. I was able to let go of all the things that were keeping me from that relationship. Um, once that shame aspect changed, I was able to just simply let go of the thought of whatever people thought of me because I was now in a position where I understood who I was, I understood my purpose, I understood how God sees me. And so now everything that comes from that, I'll know I'll be walking in my purpose and so I don't have to worry about what other people think or what other people uh, come for me on because I'm already covered and protected and and I'm being obedient and I'm walking in that. And I have a peace that comes with that. And so that that came from, you know, of course, like you said, me reestablishing that relationship because, again, when I was feeling that shame and the enemy was planting seeds, it was kind of like I... I couldn't have that relationship because I was so shameful, but God doesn't want me to walk around just feeling shame all the time. He wants me to be free. He wants me to be a new creature. He wants me to have a changed heart. And that's it. That's it. And so with that, I I had to let it all go and, and basically learn that if, if God can forgive me, if the perfect being can forgive me, I'm going to have to learn to forgive myself as well and let it all go and allow him to carry my burdens instead of me. And again, my walk with Christ became so much more clear after that, just because I knew what I was doing and who I was doing it for. And so everyone and everything else is just a byproduct of that. If I lose friends from it, fine. If I lose situa- like opportunities from it, fine. If I lose followers from it, fine. But I know at the end of the day, I'm walking in the purpose that he called me to do. 
Amen. I like that. That was that was very very good. My last question is actually going to spin off of the quote that your dad put in that you actually quoted earlier, and he said that Saint Augustine or Augustine, however however you want to say it, there is a God shaped hole in every man that only Christ can fill. Thanks, Dad. I like that. So just just going off of that, this is my last question before I hop off. How has Christianity fulfilled this God-shaped hole in you? Ooh, that's a good question. Man, I feel like I'm just going to be repeating myself. But <laughs> I think ultimately it comes down to... Me understand me personally, it came down to me finally understanding who Miracle is every day and accepting her every day and understanding that God knew I was going to fall short. God knew that I was going to be tempted or fall short to the sins that I that I did previously and even in the future, which is why Jesus covers all of that already. And so me walking in that, I have to understand that I I am I can't get away from myself. So I have to accept who I am every single day in that understanding that God already knew these things of me and he accepts me and loves me anyway. And understanding that and knowing that again gives me a peace that goes beyond all understanding because now I can carry myself with confidence. Cause I'm not finding that validation or that, that purpose fulfillment from external factors like my friends or even my family or even the works that I do or my job. I'm finding that in the word, which reigns true forever and, 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 and doesn't change based on the culture because the culture will always change. The standards will always change. All of that will always change. But because I'm rooted in something as true and, and, and forever grounding as the word, I can now confidently say that I am doing the things that I'm supposed to do, um, even when I fall short, because that was already expected of me. But as long as I continue to make the conscious decision every day to get up and and practice that walk with Christ and carry my cross every day, then I'm doing exactly what I need to do. And I'm exactly where I need to be right now in this moment. Well said, well said. Uh, let's get to some comments really quickly before I get on off of here. Um, your mom said two significant events in life, the day you're born and the day you discover your purpose. So yeah. true. Yeah. So like true, that. mom. And then Aunt Cindy came back as well saying, very good. When we focus upon God, we become less self-focused. So yep. true. Right. And so, I mean, that that's a key differentiator between our walk and, you know, the world's walk. The world is very egocentric and we're very service oriented. Even Jesus was saying, like, the son of man didn't come to be served, but he came to serve. So everything is focused outside of us. Right. And that's how we gain our purpose as we walk through life is unto the service of others to make the world around us better. And as a result, we 
become better because everything around us is better. But if you're only focused on yourself becoming better, well then like, I mean, the world around you may never change, right? You might get, you know, tiny percentage better, but then there's, there's a limit because the world around you hasn't transformed and given you this ability to go off into the future and to reach the destination that you desire because yeah. you're actually limited by your salient landscape. So, yeah, that's that's all I have. So I'll, I'll let you ladies take it away. And uh, Kenya, back to you. Thanks, thanks Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for all the great questions and for producing the show. Absolutely. Okay. My last and final question for you, Miracle, is... What is one message you would like to leave the young woman coming up in the world? Mm. You have two minutes to answer the question. Okay. Mm, That's a good question. Don't get caught up in trying to find who you are. Don't get caught up in trying to seek out these external factors um, and validation from either people or your tarot cards or or um, even changing up your hair and clothes and thinking that that will bring you t- closer to the purpose that you're called to do because it's it's not always when it comes to you as a woman and finding your purpose, you will always and only ever find that in the word of God. You just will. And so start there. Just start there. Find a quiet place, a quiet time for you to just go and dive in and and start with having a study bible yes some yeah start with have a study bible so you can actually know what you're learning um connect with a body of christ um go to a church and connect with some people there um have people around you that have the same mission and goals as you to get closer to god because when you do you'll find yourself um, in a situation where your your heart will change even even faster and you're not constantly fighting against the external factors that are trying to make you come back into the world. So when it comes to you trying to find yourself or find your purpose, especially as like a teenager, because uh, being a teenage girl is is very can be very trying, especially because all the new feelings and situations and things like that, maybe things you don't understand. But just just use that time to dive deeper and deeper into your word. When you have those worries, go to God. When you have questions, go to God. Um, when you when you need understanding, go to God and, and seek out, again, the people around you um, who have that understanding and, and allow them to come into your – allow them – and allow God to come into your life and, and speak to your life. Be honest about who you are and what you're going through and the things that that make you you. Be honest about those things and, and don't worry about the outcome of it all. Just, just do your best to wake up every day, consciously wake up every day and make the decision to follow God. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Good job. Yes. Yay. <laughs> all right. Josh, do we have any final comments? No, but the comments about what Kenya was talking about. Okay. And and Miracle, well, no comments, but Miracle, do you have any final thoughts? Yes, yes. Okay, guys. 
It's happening. The first episode of the Conscious Outlet podcast will be coming out tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern. Okay? Tune in. It will not be live, but... We will, soon, we will soon be doing live recordings of the show. So I am excited. Alan Jay is excited. I can't wait for y'all to see him. And we, we're we just going to tear the roof off this place. Ooh. And we're going to get into some, into some scripture. We're going to get into some into some things that are happening into the world. And we're going to see how it all relates to, to us. So, yeah. So excited. I can't wait. Yay. Um, yeah. Thank, oh, Okay. Oh, your mom says, great oh. show. Kenya, you're beautiful. Oh. Miracle, I love you. Oh, thank you. Oh, I love you too, Thank mom. you for tuning in. <laughs> Aunt Cindy says, great. Yay. <laughs> My mom says, awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And before we head out, here's the schedule again. Monday, well, Sunday, Conscious Outlet, 7 p.m. Monday, Profitable Conversations. I think there should be a guest. Tuesday, another profitable conversations. Wednesday. Okay, we're gonna have multiple guests on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, Josh and I are back at it again with Quality Pod. Woo! So we'll see you guys over there. We have 622 subscribers. Go oh, 624 subscribers. Let's go. Yes. Goal is a thousand. So remember to share our content with those who you think would need it and like for the algorithm don't forget to like for the algorithm and thank you guys again for watching and until next time bye